The scriptures for today is in Acts 11, 1-18. Soon the news reached the apostles and other believers in Judea that the Gentiles had received the word of God, but when Peter arrived back in Jerusalem, the Jewish believers criticized him. You entered the home of Gentiles and even ate with them, they said. Then Peter told them exactly what had happened. I was in the town of Joppa, he said, and while I was praying, I went to a trance and saw a vision. Something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners from the sky, and it came right down to me. When I looked inside the sheet, I saw all sorts of small animals, wild animals, reptiles, and birds. And I heard a voice say, Get up, Peter, kill and eat them. No, Lord, I replied, I had never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure or unclean. But the voice from heaven spoke again, Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. And this happened three times before the sheet and all contained was pulled back up to heaven. Just then three men who had been sent from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were staying, and the Holy Spirit told me to go with them and not to worry that they were Gentiles. And these six brothers were accompanied me, and we soon entered the home of the man who had sent for us. He told us how an angel had appeared to him in his home and had, and had told him, Send messengers to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He will tell you how you and everyone in your household can be saved. And as I began to speak, Peter continued, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as he fell on us at the beginning. Then I thought of the Lord's word when he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And since God gave them Gentiles the same gift he gave us when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I stand in God's way. When others heard this, they stopped objecting and began praising God. And they said, We can see that God has also given the Gentiles the privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. Blessed be the reading of His Word. Praise God. Praise God. First off, I just wanted to say thank you, worship team. That was an amazing time of worship. And it was great just standing over there looking around and just watching everybody with their hands and glorifying our God, raising our voices together as one. And that was fantastic to see. So I just wanted to greet everyone. Thank you for everyone who is here, everyone who is online. Thank you for joining us this Sunday as we continue our series on the book of Acts, the community. So um, before I start, I, I just, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just going to be honest. As I was going through the book of Acts and I'm just reading um, chapter 11, um, I had one of those moments where, you know how when you're watching a television show and, you know, you're watching a suspense show and then a person, a character is going into a room and you know what's on the other side of the room and you're sitting there, but the character doesn't know and you're there yelling at the television like, don't do it, don't go. And you're hitting yourself on the head and, and you're turning the television off and switching channels and walking away like, I can't see it. So that's what was happening. This has never happened to me before, but that's what was happening to me as I was reading Acts chapter 11. I was just reading it. I'm like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Didn't we talk about this already? Didn't you guys listen to the sermon that I spoke about in Acts 6? So I 
or would close the Bible and open it again, like the story would change. So I had one of those moments as I'm going through this. So I just wanted to share that was my Bible moment with you. But um, this brings us, we're in Acts 11. And Acts 11, you cannot talk about Acts 11 without talking about Acts 10. Because that's where the story actually starts in Acts 10. And so when, if we take a step back and we look at Acts 10, we see that, um, as we just read, Peter the Apostle was called to speak to a man in Caesarea, uh, a man by the name of Cornelius, and he was a centurion. And Cornelius was not a Jew. Um, and the Bible describes him as being a person who was devout, a person who was pious, one that feared and had reverence for God. And he, he had all he spoke to his house and all of his household. They feared and they reverenced God. And the Bible said that he was a generous giver and he prayed to God often. So in Acts 10, it says that around the ninth hour, uh, around 3 p.m., it said that he had a vision, and the vision was that an angel was approaching him, and it called his name Cornelius, and he became afraid, and the angel said that because of his prayers and his giving, it rose as a memorial unto God, and he said, now send men to Joppa and call for a man by the name of Simon Peter. And so the angel tells uh, Cornelius where to find Simon, and so Cornelius sends three men out. So the next day, the Bible says that around noon, Peter started to pray, and then as he was praying, he became hungry. And he said that as the meal was being prepared, that he fell into a trance. And in this trance, he saw heaven open and a sheet come down and there were animals on the sheet. And then he hears a voice that says, get up, kill and eat. And Peter was like, no, not so, Lord, because I've never put anything common or anything unclean in my mouth. And the voice said, the things that God has made clean, you stop making common. And this, the Bible said that this happened three times. And, and then as Peter comes out of the trance, it said that Peter was sitting back. He was puzzled. He was pondering. He was thinking about his vision because he could not make sense of it at that time. And so then now we get to Acts, um, Acts 10 verse 20. And it says, the Holy Spirit tells Peter that he, the Holy Spirit, had sent them. So go with them without debating. And some translations will say hesitation or without doubting. So it says, go with them without hesitation. Go with them without doubting. And now this passage of scripture, when at first glance, when we read it, we would think that, oh, God is just telling Peter just to go because Peter was puzzled about the, 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 uh, the vision and he didn't know how to take it. He didn't even know if it was actually from God. So when we read that, it's like, okay, so Peter might be hesitant to go. But if you actually look at this word, hesitation, or in some translations, debating or, or doubting, in the Greek, it is pronounced diakrino. And it means to make a distinction between, to discriminate. 
And so God wasn't just telling Peter not to be hesitant, but he was telling them, do, he was telling Peter to do not discriminate against these people. Do not discriminate because these people are not Jews. Do not discriminate because they are Gentiles. Do not hesitate to go with them for I have called them to come to you and I am the one who is sending you to them. And so Peter meets the men and and the men tell Peter about Cornelius. And they, t- they tell Peter that uh, Cornelius is a man that fears God and, and, and he, he has spoken well love amongst the Jews. They're, they're convincing Peter that, you know, this is a good person and you're okay to come speak to him. And, and because God had already spoken to him, Peter says, I am going to go because God sent me. And so the next day, Peter and the men um, from and some men from where he was at Joppa and also the men that Cornelius sent, it was six of them, they all went to go speak to Cornelius. And then when Peter arrives in Acts 20, in Acts 10, 28, he says, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. Then Cornelius began to tell Peter about his vision. And then so now that we're in Acts chapter 10, uh, verses 34 and 35, then Peter says, after Cornelius tells him his vision, Peter sits back to put everything together. And he says, truly, I understand that God shows no partiality. So prior to this, Peter was still in his heart, was like, I, I, I don't know. But after Cornelius had to tell him about the vision that he had, then Peter now says, truly, I understand. Now I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. So Peter began to preach the gospel of Jesus. And while Peter was preaching, the the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard. And those who had come with Peter, they were amazed that the Holy Spirit had poured out on the Gentiles and, and they were speaking in tongues and Peter baptizes them. So now this brings us to Acts chapter 11, and the title, I like to have a title for my messages, and the title is Circumcision. And so, Acts 11, it starts out with Peter going back to Jerusalem, and it says that the apostles and all the believers in the area, they heard that the Gentiles had received the word of God. Now, remember, Peter said that it was unlawful for a Jew to associate with the Gentiles. So there was this group of men who were who were from the uh, what's called the circumcision party. And they came and they accused Peter, saying that you went to the uncircumcised and and you ate with them. And now you have to understand now this group uh, that's called the circumcision party. There were a group of men who 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 were a uh, Jewish Christians. 
and they believed that Gentile Christians were to adopt the law of Moses and to get circumcised. And now it's interesting that these men who heard the works of God and heard how God had worked amongst the Gentiles and how the Gentiles accepted the word of God and how the Holy Spirit fell upon them. It's interesting that they heard all of this and yet they still only focus on the fact that Peter, being a Jew, went to the uncircumcised and associated with it with them and ate with them. And you have to understand that in this time in the culture, when you sit down and you ate with someone, it was like a, a special fellowship. You fellowshiped with that person. And that's why the Jews um, were, were upset and were talking about Jesus when he sat at the table and he ate with publicans and sinners. And so now they were upset at Peter because now he's eating with the uncircumcised. He's eating with people that they ought not to be around. He's, he's eating with people who, who were considered Gentiles and completely separate from them. So then now Peter had to defend what he had done. So Peter starts explaining to them everything that happened and started explaining to them the vision that he had. And, and he starts reciting the words that God has said, that, that the things that God has cleaned don't make unclean. And, and so and then Peter starts telling them everything and how the Holy Spirit fell upon them and how it fell upon the Gentiles as it did with them from the beginning, talking about when the Spirit, when the Holy Spirit fell upon them uh, during the time of Pentecost. And, and they started speaking in tongues. And Peter said something that, and Peter said that if it was God who gave the Gentiles the same gift that we received, Am I powerful enough to stop him? And so these men became quiet and they couldn't say any more. And then that's when they started to glorify God. Now, it's interesting that what these men didn't seem to grasp was the idea that God's plan from the very beginning was to reach everyone. God's plan was to go out and to reach the unreachable. Though they had the mindset that these people, that these Gentiles, are, they, they're not to have anything to do with them. It seemed that they forgot about Jesus. They, they, they forgot about the time that Jesus sat at the well with the Samaritan woman. You see, in John chapter 4... It states that Jesus was leaving Judea to go back to Galilee. And on his way to Galilee, he stopped in Samaria. And the Bible says that being tired from his journey, he sat by a well. And then came a woman who was coming to get some water from the well. And Jesus turns to her and he says, give him something to drink. And this woman replies, how is it that you, a Jew, are asking me, a woman of Samaria? Because she knew that he was a Jew, and she knew that Jews did not associate with Samaritans. And so she asked him, how can you, being a Jew, ask me, a woman of Samaria, to give you something to drink? And what's interesting about this passage of Scripture is that, the Jews 
when they were going from Judea to Galilee, they completely avoided Samaria. If you were to look at a map, you, they, they, would, they would go around Samaria, and even though they knew it took longer, they would go around Samaria. But the Bible said in John 4, 4, speaking of Jesus, he must needs go through Samaria. From the King James Version, he must needs go through Samaria. saying that Jesus needed to go through Samaria. Now the question is why? Why did Jesus, knowing Jews avoided that area, and Jesus being a Jew, why did he need to go through Samaria? Well, the reason is, is because Jesus knew that there was a woman who was coming to the well. He knew that there was a woman who needed to hear about the Messiah. He knew that there was a woman who was sitting there, sitting there in her sinful state. He knew that there was a woman who had, who had multiple husbands, and the man that she was currently living with was not her husband. He knew that if he were to speak to her, that she would receive him and she can be delivered. And he knew that when he speak the word of God to her, when he talked, talk to her about about who she was that she will turn around and speak to everyone in that city and they would come and run to Jesus to see if what she said was true he knew that there was someone there who needed to hear his word he knew that that, that the people of Samaria needed to hear the gospel and to know that there's a father who loves them he needed to go through Samaria, just as Peter needed to go and preach to the Gentiles. He needed to go and reach them with the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. It it didn't matter what others thought about it. It didn't matter if people didn't understand. It didn't matter if the group who was with him didn't accept it. He needed to go because God is the one who told him to go because God's plans are to reach the ostracized. God's plans are to reach the people out on the streets. God's plans are to reach the drug dealers and the prostitutes. God's plans are to reach the politicians and the lawyers, the inmates and the prisons. God's plans is to reach everyone about the good news of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter where we are in life. It doesn't matter who we are and what we do. The bottom line is we all need Jesus and we all need to hear the gospel. That's why in Romans chapter 10 verse 13 uh, to 15 it says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So we must go and preach the good news of Jesus Christ. We must go to the highways and the byways and, 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 and show the love of Jesus Christ because there are people who are dying to hear the words that God has put on our, on our lips. He, they're dying to hear the, 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 the words that God used to even change our lives. People need to hear the words that can change their hearts and turn their hearts to God. 
So the Holy Spirit can now work from on them from the inside out, removing the shame and the guilt and the hurt and, and removing the past that they're still holding on to and start cleaning them up and filling them with love and knowing that there's a Father who loves them beyond anything and starts preparing them. And, and, and Father, it, the Father can use them to now start spreading his word so they can reach other people who are in the same predicament. Just like he did with us. You see, when when Cornelius gave his alms and the angel said that his prayers and his giving rose up as a memorial offering to God, it wasn't so much about his giving. It wasn't about his works, but it was the condition of his heart. You see, though he wasn't circumcised in the flesh, he was circumcised in his heart. He had a heart for God and he had a heart for the things of God. Cornelius, he, 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 when he gave, he didn't give to receive honor. But when he gave from his heart, he honored God. You see, when he gave, he didn't give to receive glory. But when he gave from his heart, he glorified God. And that's what the circumcision party missed. They missed that whole point. So they were so focused on the outwardly appearance of things. They, were, they, they completely missed the move of God. They were focusing on the fact that Peter had sat and ate with the Gentiles instead of focusing on the fact that God had moved upon the Gentiles and has brought them into the fold. And then now they are saved just as we are saved. But they didn't see all that. They completely miss how God was showing that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter about the complexion of your skin. It doesn't matter about the language that you speak or where you were born or where you live. It doesn't matter about your age or your sex. God was saying, who I have cleansed, don't you dare make them unclean. But because of the hearts of the circumcision party, because their hearts wasn't circumcised, their their heart was covered by the foreskin of prejudice. Their their heart was covered by the foreskin of pride and religiosity. It, It caused them to be blinded to the move of God. But when our hearts are circumcised, when we surrender ourselves, to the will of the Father. When, when our heart is for God, we will desire to do the things that, that please God. We will desire to do the things that honors and glorifies God. We won't care about what, other thinks, what others think about us. We won't care about what they might say. We, we just know that we have a heart to serve God and, and our heart uh, to love others. And we'll have a heart to go and, and we want to see the lost found. And we have a heart to go and we want to see the captives free. And we have a heart to go and we want to see the endangered saved. Right now, we're living in a time where people are afraid. We're living in a time where people are losing hope. We're living in a time where people are struggling to go on with life and feel that just taking their own life is better than just living in what's going on now. 
And, and we're here with the answers to their problems. We're here with the keys to release them from their bondage. We're here with the love that their soul has been longing for. We're here with, with, with the hope and, and with the key, and, and, and we have the love, and that love is Jesus. So just as Peter went out, we, church, we must take the keys. We must take the word. We must take the love. We must take the gifts and the abilities that God has given us, not for our glory, but use it to glorify him. And we must go and speak the truth of love and to speak the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We must tell people about our God, the God who saved us from going back to the bottle, the God who saved us from going back back to the streets, the God who saved us from, from, from the chains of, that was dragging us to hell, the God who's dust us off and the God who looked past our nefarious self, the God who changed, our, changed us from our loving, our sinful proclivities, the God who's put a desire in our hearts to do the things that will bring people to him. We need to tell people about the God that when we felt loveless, he loved us even when we didn't want to be loved. We need to tell people about the God who, who who sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross while we were still his enemies, while we still didn't know anything about him. And I don't know about you, but like me, I didn't want to come to him. But yet he said, I want you, and I'm going to use you to go out and to reach a people that only you can reach. Not all of us are going to reach the same group, but God has given us certain gifts. He has given us certain keys to go out and reach someone to release the chains and bondage that the enemy enemy has put, has put upon them and God has given us his word and he has given us the power and the authority through the blood of Jesus Christ and we're sitting here a lot of us are sitting here just happy with watching Netflix and we need to go out because there are people who are dying to hear the word that God has put on our lips so we must go and tell people about our God Understanding that, yes, we will face opposition, even from those who associate themselves with us. But greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. In the face of opposition, when we go out and do the things that God has called us to, we, we are demonstrating that we have faith. And what God has said, we have faith that he has made us more than conquerors. We have faith that his word will go out and accomplish what it set out to do and never go back to him void. We have faith. And when we show that faith and people look at us, even in the midst of persecution, when they see us, they will glorify him. So in closing, I'm speaking to you church saying to not let the devil close our mouth to 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 not let the world keep us quiet to to not let our own fears and doubts and insecurities stop us from speaking
and reaching the people that God wants us to reach. People need to hear the words that God has placed in our hearts. Just like what Cornelius said to Peter, we are here in the presence of God. And we want to hear the words that he's commanded you to say. People are waiting to hear the words that God has commanded us to say. They may not even realize it. But the moment that we open our mouth and start speaking the things of God and start speaking the things of the Lord, the Holy Spirit will reach out and it will take a hold of them and the Holy Spirit will change their lives and, and the Holy Spirit will give them a revelation. It is not us who is doing the work. We just go out and we present Jesus and then allow the Holy Spirit to reach out and the Holy Spirit will move upon them and start changing their hearts and, and, and take the, the scales off their eyes so they can see. But we must go. So let us go in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us go and preach the word of God, the God, the, the, the word that God has put in our hearts. Reaching those who feel that they can't be reached. And let us go knowing that we are not alone. But we're doing it with God. For the Bible says what's impossible for man is possible with God. So in the name and the authority of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, let us go and preach his word. Because the world is waiting on us. Amen. Let us pray. Holy Father, we thank you for first saving us, for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for wicked people who didn't know you and didn't want to love you. And yet, you sent your son as the lamb slain for us whose blood washed our sins whiter than snow, and then you, you, you put your Holy Spirit in us to change us from the inside out to where now, when we speak, people hear you. When, when we move, people see you. And when we love, we love like you. I pray that we're able to go out and reach those who are hurting and those who are struggling and those who are dealing with loss and those who, who see themselves in the way that the world sees them. And they need to know how you see them. That you haven't forgotten them and that you love them. Help us to go out and use the word that you've placed on our lips and in our hearts and speak your truth to them, to their situations, and allow you to work in them. Anything that's on our hearts that need to be removed, that needs to be circumcised, I just pray that you remove it. And so everything that we do will bring you honor and glory. We thank you for your love, your word.
your sacrifice. We pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Take care, everybody. Thank you all for joining us today. Um, It's great to see all of you. You all have a great week. Try to reach someone and just tell them about the love of Jesus. Amen. Take care. God bless always.